Hello and welcome to episode 4 of Politics World. I'm Sam Strubala. Today we have a very special episode as we welcome today's guest, Dr. Di Lloyd, Pride Cymru's Welsh Assembly member for South Wales West. He also serves as his party's Shadow Secretary of Culture and Infrastructure and is also the chair for both the Pride Cymru Assembly Group and of the National Assembly for Wales's Health, Social Care and Sport Committee. Now it is my great privilege to welcome Dr. Di Lloyd AM to the show. Good day. Good day. Now in last week's local council elections, we saw many of the opposition parties struggle. Yet of course your party, Plaid Cymru in fact, gained 33 seats. What about your party's message do you feel really resonated with voters? I think the main uh, part of the message was the fact that we're about defending Wales. I mean, obviously, we only stand councillors and uh, candidates in Wales. Our mandate is always to stand up for Wales, to defend Wales. And obviously, that struck home with uh, people last week because we're all caught up in a sort of general election hype now, which is very much uh, uh, a sort of uh, a British level discussion on whether it's best to have Tories in charge or best to have Labour in charge. And Wales does not rate a mention at all. Well, of course, in those council results, we also saw Labour, as you mentioned, they were undoubtedly the biggest losers, I believe, losing over 100 council seats in Wales alone. Yet aside from Plaid Cymru, the Conservatives also made uh, great inroads, winning 80 seats. What do you think this surge uh, suggests and means for Wales, for the Tories? Uh, What's it mean for Wales and the NHS going forward? Um, Well, uh, generally we feel that Wales is is under threat in this whole post-Brexit situation where Wales also voted along with England to leave the European Union. There's a tendency to therefore lump Wales and England together uh, and particularly when it comes to the general election announcement which came just a couple of weeks before the local government elections. Obviously that announcement skewed people's thinking and voting intentions such that when we were canvassing and it was totally just on local issues before Theresa May's announcement, um, we were getting some very good uh, results canvassing wise and we felt we would have a tremendous surge on. Um, But once the general election was announced, there seemed to be a change in momentum and Conservatives were picking up support Whereas previously, prior to Theresa May's announcement of the general election, they had no such support. So the actual announcement of the general election, I feel, uh, skewed people's voting intentions last week. Now, despite that, we still had a very strong performance uh, from Plaid Cymru here in Wales, gaining, as you say, 33 seats. We now have 202 council seats in Wales. Labour are still the main party at 472 council seats. Um, But as you say, they lost over 100. The second biggest block uh, are the uh, various independents. They have over 300 seats. Then Clyde on 202. The Conservatives, uh, like you said, gained 80 seats. That brings them up to 182. Um, So they are the fourth largest grouping at a local government election uh, level here in Wales. And you mentioned earlier how the general election certainly swayed people's thinking. And it looks like this is going to be the Brexit general election. That's certainly the key issue on many people's minds. Now, in a recent appearance on the BBC's Question Time programme, your leader, Leanne Woods, stated that the Prime Minister Theresa May's attitude towards Europe and the EU resembled that of, and I quote, English nationalism. 
Now, what do you think she meant by these comments and how uh, in the upcoming Brexit negotiations would Plaid Cymru seek to represent Wales and Wales's interests? Well, basically, um, I, I think um, there needs to be more of a culture of mutual respect on both sides when it comes to the uh, Brexit negotiations. Um, it's going to take a long time. And obviously, things I don't think have started off well, both from Theresa May's uh, side uh, or also actually from the European side. Um, I mean, you can see that the other 27 nations have, have obviously been hurt uh, by Britain's decision to leave uh, the EU, um, but it's pointless uh, try, trying to have a standoff or going at it in a belligerent manner now. Um, the way to do it is to be mutually respectful, and we haven't had a good start of things from that point of view. Now, in terms of Wales's interests, Wales uniquely um, was a, uh, and still is a net beneficiary of uh, European funding. You know, when people said that um, um, we pay more money to Europe than we get back. Yeah, that applies to England. It does not apply to Wales. Um, Wales has always been a net beneficiary of European funding, and the decision to leave the European Union will cost the budget uh, uh, available to Wales uh, to the tune of about £680 million per year in European funding, which we will no longer get on top of our relatively fixed share of uh, the financial cake that we get from Westminster, which is uh, around £15 billion a year, from which we are expected to run our health education services and uh, roads and all the rest of it. Um, but we are now, obviously, with this decision, going to lose that £680 million annually of European funding, £240 million of which is for our farmers. Um, so there are particular instances that a sort of particularly a hard Brexit is going to be difficult for Wales. We're also um, still net uh, exporters here of our manufacturing base. And in fact, 68% um, of our manufacturing uh, export is with the European Union. So membership of the single European market is vital for us here in Wales to protect 200,000 Welsh jobs, which are at present dependent on our membership of the EU and perforce the single European market. So any thoughts of a, of a hard Brexit and uh, getting out of the single market and uh, the customs union, we view uh, with um, extreme uh, sort of alarm, really, because 200,000 jobs here in Wales are dependent on our membership of the single market. Well, that, of course, was the thing. Wales has received tremendous funding from the EU. And an interesting example, I think, uh, was seen in Swansea, for example, where the recent Bay Campus of Swansea University uh, was largely funded by the EU. Why do you think places such as Swansea voted to leave even though they received this EU funding and EU funding has been so crucial to Wales? Absolutely. Well, I think um, there are several factors. One was, as, as everybody has been saying, uh, widespread voter disenchantment with the political class here in, in Britain, number one. Um, and that's of politicians of all parties and of none. Widespread disenchantment with Europe in general, um, being drip-fed by adverse media stories going back over 25, 30 years. So the few weeks of a referendum campaign to try and write all that misinformation obviously was not enough. And people, despite all this European funding, 
um, new campuses. We've had new buildings and new roads and new infrastructure, all with European uh, Union signs and blue signs and flags and all the rest of it. People still haven't felt that has made actually a difference to them in terms of jobs. Um, but most of it was a, a disaffection with the political class and obviously being misinformed by a very uh, hugely um, pernicious right-wing press about the so-called evils of Europe and also the so-called evils of immigration as well. And uh, uh, there's very little immigration, both from within the EU and outside the EU into Wales. The figures really are very small, but despite that, the perception was that immigration was a huge issue. Um, but basically all of those sort of sundry factors combined to bring out about a Brexit vote, even in Wales. Interestingly, though, it's the Conservatives who appear to have picked up on this sort of uh, voter disenchantment, yet they are often the party associated most with, quote-unquote, the establishment. Uh, why do you think it is the Conservatives who tend to benefit most from this? Well, I think what's happened over the last uh, few months now is that um, UKIP uh, are disassembling, really, and some of the rhetoric has been quite disgusting from that point of view. But people still harbour those sort of views, but find that the, the hard Brexit-leaning intentions of the Conservatives are more palatable. So I think even former Labour voters who became UKIP or became Brexit voters temporarily last year, have now uh, decided, yeah, we will stick with that, but they will soften their stance, but not vote UKIP. They've deserted UKIP now as well and have gone to the Conservative Party. So I think we're seeing that gradual transition. But uh, in Wales, that is not going to help us because the conditions here are different. Uh, like I said, 200,000 Welsh jobs are dependent on our membership in the single market. Um, we are a net beneficiary of European funding. And none of that has come through in, in the sort of widespread media coverage that we've had, blankets, wall-to-wall uh, -wall stuff, usually in a London-initiated press, takes very little attention of the needs and concerns of Wales, particularly when it came to this European funding issue. Well, with this uh, Conservative government seemingly going further towards a hard right and uh, a hard Brexit. Do you feel this will offer up opportunities for Plaid Cymru looking forward uh, to ask for more in terms of devolution as perhaps the Welsh people become maybe more dissatisfied with a more right-wing central London government? I think it can because we're going to be faced with, uh, with hard choices over the next couple of years now. I mean, following Brexit and following, obviously, events happening or potentially happening in Scotland, the situation with Northern Ireland is very difficult, particularly as regards whether there's going to be a hard border between the north of Ireland and the south, um, let alone what is happening with, with the Northern Ireland Assembly at the moment, which in terms is not very much. So people are increasingly talking about this entity that's going to be left is going to be England and Wales, the, the Brexit, the leave voting part of these islands. And that is a genuine concern about the very viability and identity of Wales now, because we're likely to be lumped together with our far larger uh, neighbour in England, which is overwhelmingly conservative. I mean, what, what was obvious from last week's local election results was that the, uh, 
The Conservatives won 65% of the available seats at, uh, uh, at local level last week. 65% of the seats that they could win, they did win. Um, whereas in Wales, they only won 15% of the available seats at local level. Yes, there was a bit of a surge for the Conservatives, but nothing in comparison to what was happening in England. But um, the whole issue represents a challenge to us in terms of the whole identity and the um, prospects for actual devolution here in Wales. If people are once again going to say, like they used to say about 50 years ago before we had devolution, for Wales, see England. Well, the with the upcoming general election, obviously, uh, there's some interesting prospects for Plaid Cymru especially after their success at the local elections. Yet we've seen your party be successful at the local and assembly level before, but this success hasn't always translated to Westminster. How can this change for the upcoming election? Well, I think people have got to get it into their heads that we're the only party that stands for defending Wales, defending and standing up for Wales. Uh, it's going to be that message is going to be difficult to get across because of the way media coverage is in this country, both on television, all sorts of media outlets, and and the fast disappearing uh, newspaper print media. But you know, we uh, as Plaid, we were phenomenally successful last week at a fraction of the costs spent by other leading political parties, at a fraction of the media coverage, and a fraction of the organisation. Let's be fair, because by and large, we're a voluntary organization uh, that is underpinned by a, a, an army of really hard-working volunteers that, that keep us going. Um, so all of that has got to be lauded, but a special challenges when it comes to a Westminster election, because obviously people know in Wales, um, even if we won all 40 Westminster seats here in Wales, um, we only have 40 M MPs out of the 600 and 650 odd. So even if all 40 um, Welsh constituencies re returned Applied Cymru MP, you're not going to have Applied Cymru um, uh, Prime Minister in in, uh, in Westminster, in Downing Street. So that skews the voting intention when it comes to a Westminster election. So yes, we have three um, MPs at the moment. We hope to uh, increase that number. Naturally, we hope to keep those three because we've We've, those are fairly safe seats. We've had them for over 20, 25 years now. Um, we hope to um, gain other seats that we have previously held uh, at Westminster level. Um, but in term, it is very difficult because people have got to be convinced that this is the only way now that you're going to pick out Wales on this map is that there's a bit of green there when it comes to the electoral map on the morning after the, uh, the general election now on June the 9th. Um, the only differentiation uh, from Wales from England is going to be the green bits where there are Plaid Cymru MPs. You won't find those uh, in England. And that's from an identity point of view and for defending Wales point of view is what it's all about. Obviously, your preference would be for a Plaid Cymru MP. But if that were not possible, would your party consider entering any form of progressive alliance or anti-conservative pact with other quote-unquote, progressive parties against the Conservatives in this election? Uh, well, there, there have been discussions, and quite a few Plaid uh, Cymru members favour that approach. And there have been, I think, unofficial approaches behind the scenes, but by and large, um, 
one or other of the other main political parties just refuse to play ball. So it has an attraction on paper, but um, I, I fear it is not going to happen. No, political realities always tend to get in the way. They do, unfortunately. They do, unfortunately. And also from our point of view, yes, we're basically um, left of centre and you know, pretty green and environmental. For the Assembly election uh, last year, the Plaid Cymru Manifesto was voted by uh, um, Friends of the Earth as, as even greener than the Green Party's manifesto here in Wales. So we cover all those sort of bases. But at the end of the day, the fact that we believe in a proper parliament here in Cardiff and ultimately in independence for Wales is a stumbling block for many people, including so uh, many so-called progressives on the left. Now we come to a quick segment, uh, which is more of a personal one. I was hoping to ask, uh, at the top of the show, I mentioned some of your personal political history, having previously, uh, you were previously a councillor as well in Swansea, I believe, before yeah. becoming an assembly yes. member in 1999. What was it that really drove you to get involved in politics? Um, i got to say, I was terribly disinterested in politics until I was about 31 years of age, yeah, I was 31, and uh, a GP in uh, in Swansea, uh, and my practice area, uh, inner city, uh, deprived council housing estates, and as the concerned local GP, I used to write long letters to the local director of housing, saying, do something about these cold, damp, dusty houses, because my patients are getting ill all the time, and you know what, absolutely nothing would happen. Um, my, uh, I'm a member of the Royal College of GPs, and they're always telling us, stop get, uh, stop our patients getting ill in the first place. Do something about housing conditions, poverty, all that sort of stuff, transport, get, uh, you know, air pollution, all that sort of stuff. So there I was trying to do my best, writing sundry letters as the concerned local GP, and absolutely nothing would happen. So I decided to stand for the council locally, and um, in Swansea, no, it's not a hotbed for Plaid Cymru, i got to say. So it took me about five goes all the way through the 90s before I eventually became a, a local county councillor. And you know what? I was still in the same practice then. Um, I used to write the same letters to the same director of housing, but with the title councillor now, as well as doctor in front of my name. And he had to do something about those letters now because I was a councillor. The fact that I was a doctor had absolutely nothing about it. So that's why I became um, political, because... It's a way of getting things done. Uh, but for having to get things done, you have to become part of the decision-making process. You have to become a politician at local or national level. Uh, yes, you can join a pressure group. I've been part of pressure groups uh, up and down the years as well. But there's nothing to get like getting to the core of the decision-making process. And unfortunately, a reasonable guy like myself, GP, all that sort of stuff, you think, why are you getting involved in this murky world of politics? Well, it's to get things done for my patients. Being a GP alone was not enough. What would you say is your proudest achievement since entering politics? Uh, proudest achievement is to change the system of organ donation in Wales into an opt-out system, whereby your consent is deemed now here in Wales such that unless you decide to opt out of um, donating your organs, it is deemed that you are in favour of organ donation. So the numbers of organs available for donation have uh, vastly increased, and renal transplantation in particular has taken off here. Now, that was 
something that I started here um, 10 years ago now nearly in the assembly. Um, and that is my proudest, it, it has come to bear. I mean, um, Scotland are looking at uh, swapping around the, the system now um, so that um, more organs become available for organ uh, transplantation. Uh, it's just a simple change. Instead of at the moment, uh, still in England, obviously, um, you have to basically opt in. When you put a microphone in front of people, they say, yeah, of course I agree with organ tra transplantation. People waiting for kidneys, waiting for years. Uh, but you never get round to registering or filling in the form or registering online and stuff. So only about 30% of people are registered as donors. If you swap the system around and say, okay, um, we'll take it that, uh, you know, over 90%, as you say in, in all the reviews, are in favour of organ donation. So just register if you don't want to be an organ donor. So that's what we say in Wales now. Register if you don't want to be. And obviously here, over 90% of people are organ donors now. Um, whereas it's 30% in the rest of the UK. And final question, if there was one thing that you wish to achieve uh, going forward, what would it be? Going forward, I would want to be part of Applied Cymru government here in Cardiff. And that would push the powers issue and we'd uh, go down the lines of getting more powers here in, in Cardiff for the National Assembly for Wales. We are consistently, most of the time since ninety nine. Uh, Plaid Cymru has been the major opposition here in Wales. Um, you wouldn't believe it from from the media coverage, uh, but we are quite a phenomenal force here in Wales. We are proud of our achievements over the years on a fraction of the costs um, borne by other parties, on a fraction of the media coverage, the fraction of the attention and the fraction of the organisation. We are proud of our achievements and we hope to do far more. Dr Dioid, Assembly Member for South Wales West, thank you for your time. Thank you. Well, that was Politics World with Sam Skrubala. I'd again like to thank my guests today, Dr. Dialoid, for coming on the show. I'm Sam Skrubala, and thank you for listening.